0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. It's always good to hear from the listeners of this podcast and Recently, I've been hearing from listeners, particularly in one area, there's been one question that many of you have been asking, and I want to address that question today. Uh, Some of you have said, look, I'm glad that Donald Trump is challenging the press. I think they've gotten unbelievable. I think they don't report accurately. They seem to be on their own agenda uh, I'm from the left politically. I'm from the right politically. I, I don't know how to get down to the facts. I don't know how to get beyond the media firms that control information in our society. What should I do? And I love this question because it means that people are beginning to be a little bit suspicious of the delivery systems, uh, a little bit suspicious of the of the big media firms, and they and they should be. Uh, however well intentioned some of their commentators and announcers are, the fact is that everybody has a bias. You can't sit and watch Fox News all day and get the truth completely. You can't sit and watch CNN, MSNBC, whatever you're watching, and get the truth. So you have to dig in a little bit. The, the reality is that as wonderful. As our devices are, and as wonderful as delivery systems of information are in our generation, all of us are going to have to do a little bit more work. So let me help you a little bit with some practical things that I do and that I recommend to people for getting to the truth, to getting beyond the headlines, getting behind uh, some of these conversations that are happening. We're living in, a, in an age that is wonderful. It just requires a little bit more investment on our part to get the information that we need. So here's some suggestions for you. Uh, First of all, whenever there's a major speech or a policy statement, uh, whenever something is said that everybody's discussing, I always go to the transcript. Uh, When the president, when President Obama recently gave his farewell address, I purposely did not watch it on television because I, quite frankly, am highly visual uh, in my modalities and I can easily be distracted by all of the visual stuff on the screen. I want to know what he actually said. Uh, That's what he and his staff poured over. That's what he wanted to leave as his legacy. So I read the transcript the next day. By the way, this is a tremendous time-saving device. Um, If you want to find out what a president said at the State of the Union, you can spend an hour uh, watching people rise and applaud every three sentences and the actual broadcast or you can read the transcript it takes about 10-15 minutes so i always read the transcript there are a couple of benefits to this first of all i know what is actually said rather than just the spin before and afterwards and often i'm saying to people well that's not what he said that's that's actually not what he said and and i'll even have it in my phone because of course i carry those things there for a while after every major policy speech um So I know what's actually said. It stays with me longer because in my particular case, I remember words longer than I remember images, and it just helps me. Um, And... And it also helps me because it it clears away all the emotion. It clears away all the, you know, the the stage setting and what have you. I'm not distracted by the person over the president's shoulder while he's talking. You know, who's that person who's picking their nose or or overlapping or whatever the thing is. So read the original text as much as possible after every major speech, every major, Uh, policy declaration. There are transcripts available online, a simple Google transcript comma, uh, Obama farewell speech that kind of thing and um, I think you'll I think you'll really uh, benefit from that uh, number two when it comes to news stories uh, you we're all going to be besieged in our lifetimes by hot headline news the breaking news the alerts on our phones the and our iPads the uh, the instant breaking immediate unfiltered here's what happened 10 seconds ago kind of news but what we need is one step back this is what I what I urge people to do. Take one step back from time to time and look for the analysis. Look for the person giving the big picture. When you are listening to headline news or reading headline news only, it's as though you're lost in the trees. You you need to get up on a tower. You need to get up on a mountain. You need to get on a plane or a hot air balloon and look down at the shape of the forest uh, or you're not going to understand what's going on. And so take one step back. What I mean by that is look for the shows, look for the podcasts look for the commentators look for the bloggers look for the journalists who give you the big picture you can't live on the cutting edge of breaking news and understand what's going on that's that's data that's not information. Information comes when you have taken that data and fitted it into a broader narrative of understanding. And that comes from taking one step back. I I would rather watch a Sunday morning talk show than watch a Tuesday night cable news fest, scream fest, I call them, uh, because the Sunday morning talk show is a bit more relaxed. People are drinking coffee and they're analyzing what's happened in the week rather than just on the nervous cutting edge of whatever's on the Wire feed, so to speak. Okay? Uh, Number two, uh, number three, I'm sorry, read opposition journalists read opposing views, and in my case, I read the foreign press. Now, I realize that I do far more reading about this kind of stuff than some of you, but if you are a hard right-wing conservative, and you really are saying to me, look, I don't think I get all the facts. I want to understand. Read other people. Read the opposite. For example, if you are a Fox News addict, and you've got that going in your office all day, once in a while, watch msnbc once in a while read some of the journalists who are on the other side um I don't agree with Paul Krugman, who is an, a, a, a very eminent economist. He's on the left. I'm just slightly right of center, but I read him. Uh, I, I listened to Lawrence O'Donnell. I I, I watch Oberman uh, when, I, when I can from time to time. I watch the other side. Uh, it's partly because they'll bring out facts that the narratives I'm used to don't tend to highlight. And it's also because the truth is going to be somewhere between the steady diet of the right, the steady diet of the left, somewhere in there, um, and so you want to know what's going on. Part of the reason I read the Foreign Press, um, and I've told you before, I read I read very widely. I read um, you know street magazines uh, and newspapers. I read Marxist things. I read lesbian and gay publications and blogs and what have you. I I, I read the opposition. I read the ISIS newspaper or magazine. Actually, it is. Um, I try to pay attention to all of that. And it's not just that I'm trying to fill my life with more information than a man can process. um, But I want to know for myself and I don't trust the major media outlets. I think a lot of that's entertainment, a lot of that sensationalism to draw audience share. So I read the opposition and I read completely other foreign. um, And I recommend that you do some of that at the same time. Okay. My fourth point is this, ask yourself on any subject that you are being exposed to, do you really know what's happening? For example, um, the the horrible civil war in Syria is filling our news headlines. It was a major topic of the campaign. It's one of the major criticisms against President Obama. It's one of the things that Donald Trump says he's going to address. Stop. Pause. Do you know what the civil war in Syria is all about? Do you know what the YPG is? Do you know who what the sides are? At some point on some of these issues, you want to stop and do a Google search for backstory, Syrian civil war profile, uh, Vladimir Putin. You understand what I'm saying? Take a step away, as I've said earlier, from the story and make sure that you understand just the basic facts. There are a lot of news organizations that provide sort of backstory, background. Here's what's really going on. Here's the big picture uh, kinds of perspective. Uh, you 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 can read those. And by the way, you can read them from publications you may not even like. You might be conservative, who doesn't really trust the Washington Post. But when they zoom out and do one of their, you know, backstory, Syrian civil war kinds of things online, they're usually pretty good. National Geographic will do those kinds of things. Stratfor, S-T-R-A-T-F-O-R, will do those kinds of things. You'll find, you'll find ones that you trust. Just the straight up facts. Here's when it started. Here are the sides. Here are the factions. Here are the deaths. Here are the weapons. Here are how other nations are aligning. Here's what the American president said last. Last week about it, that kind of thing. Uh, it will help you because you don't know what you believe about what Donald Trump said about Syria if you don't know about what's happening in Syria. And you aren't going to find out what's happening from either Donald Trump or from any of the major news networks on a given Tuesday night. You've got you to gotta drill down. you got to find out what the facts are. And that's not that hard. Uh, a fifth thing I want to urge for you is to use news aggregating apps. I don't have time to dig up all of these different news sources on my own. Um, I do have a staff. I do have researchers. We're normally busy with other things. So for me to make sure that I'm clear about what's going on in the news, I use apps like Flipboard. I've recommended this before. Um, Feedly, By the way, if somebody out there is an app uh, producer, an app creator, uh, oh gosh, I miss an app called Zite, Z-I-T-E. It was the best thing I'd ever used. And then I think the people at Flipboard bought it out and killed it. But Flipboard, Feedly, others of these, I sometimes use the Apple News app, but it's not really, I like apps that are, news apps that are fine-tuned, fine-tunable, uh, that I can that I can say I want more of this kind of story, less of that kind of story. Um, that way I can get rid of the silliness, I can get rid of the, you know, 10 things you ought to be eating to have, you know, nicer looking toenails, and I can... Uh, pay attention to real good analysis about economics or about the Kurds or whatever I'm whatever I'm interested in. Uh, so Flipboard and Feedly are two of those. There are others, um, but you can actually set these so that they go out and get the news on topics that you care about. And there are far better ones to be made, and we've had some better ones in the past that that have been destroyed. Maybe they'll come back around. Um, I, w- I want to say too that you want to make a distinction this is this is sort of 5 5A five <laughs> it might be my 6th point uh, but but make sure that you make a distinction between entertainment and news. I enjoy watching John Oliver, even though he's crass as much as anybody else. some of the other, uh, you know, funny comedian driven news discussion shows. They're, they're good to watch. They're fun. They're entertaining, but they're not necessarily news. John Oliver says stuff that's not even factually correct a lot of the times. And then sometimes he'll move me to tears with, uh, you know, even his humorous discussions of things that actually need to be said, but make a distinction, know what you're watching. Don't mistake. John Oliver, For Walter Cronkite, you know, don't mistake John Oliver for serious reportage. Um, He's he's doing uh, he's lambasting, he's doing roasts, he's doing comedy, and yeah, there's some facts in there, but make a distinction. That's very very important. Um, And then then I want to say too uh, that the the main the main issue. Uh, I think number seven, this would be my number seven is to maintain a certain amount of humility in our age in our generation. Everybody wants to be in the know. They want to know the skinny. They want to know the down low. They want to know the details. And I, uh, I'm a fairly informed person. I, you know, hang with congressmen and senators and peer on these talk shows and have green, green room discussions with brilliant people. And, um, and I read a lot and, again, write books and have a staff that's always feeding me information. And I just want to say that uh, I have no problem saying I don't know. I, I just don't know. There are, there are things I just don't know. Um, even about areas that are where I'm you know supposed to be an expert. Um, you know, I'm often, I, probably my, my, my forte is uh, religion and American culture. It's what my doctorate's in. It's what, uh, what I write about. There's things I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, I write a lot care a lot about the Kurds. I'm certainly no expert. There are people far superior to me. Uh, but there are times I'm on the air and I go, you know, I just don't think we know about that yet. We just don't know what's going to happen. And I've just said a phrase that's very, very important. Many people, what the reason they want to know information, the reason they want to, um, have data is they want to be able to anticipate the future. Well, it's not just because I'm a Christian and I believe the future is in the hands of God. The fact is, uh, many fools uh, end up exposing themselves because they're anticipating too much about the future. Um, you know, I, I had very good mathematical reason to believe that Hillary Clinton would win this recent presidential election by just a percentage point or two, and she, she lost by, you know, a nose hair, as they say. Um, I was wrong. I don't usually try to predict the future. I, w- I was wrong. Everybody I relied on was wrong. Everybody in the world was wrong, except a couple of you know geniuses hidden away in laboratories and universities. So uh, you're always taking a risk when you talk about the future. There are some things I'm willing to anticipate. I'm not sorry that I, uh, based on the electoral math, made the predictions I did about Hillary winning. Um, but you have to be careful about that. You have to be careful about thinking that because you know, you've got two and two... Uh, here factually that it's automatically going to end up meaning four. That's not the way it is in human affairs. It's not the way it is in politics. It's not the way it is with human conduct. So be careful about thinking you know what the future is. A lot of people are saying things that are just silly. In twenty years, we'll all be doing so and so. In five years, such and such will be happening. We won't be you know we won't be using such and such in, in three years. We have no eye. Idea. And one of the books that I would love to write one day when I when I'm not as much in the battle and up against the new cycle as I am now is I'd like to write a book on the on the predictions that have the people have made, experts have made that shaped conduct at the time, but ended up being incredibly wrong. Have you ever seen one of those 1930 movies about what the future would look like and how we would all fly around on you know on some kind of surfboard and and have wings on our hats and wear gossamer clothing and you know just weird predictions not in a 1930s movie about you know what what 2010 would look like was just comical it was weirder than the Star Wars bar scene um and it tells me what i know to be true and that is that most of our predictions about the future even by experts are silly so the most you could hope for really is to know the times And by understanding the times, you can have some sense of what our current conduct ought to be, but trust me, you're not going to know what's going on in 50 years. Nobody 50 years ago anticipated the iPad that I'm holding in my hand right now or the fact that the microphone that I'm using is plugged into an iPhone. Uh, Nobody anticipated that. Nobody anticipated the cloud that I'm about to send this podcast to when I'm done. Uh, Not 50 years ago. So be careful. Now, the point of all of this is to get past the hubbub, get past the tumult, get past the dust cloud of data that's floating around and really understand what's going on. Don't let the politics of left and right rule you. We're about to have very heated political fights, especially in the United States. We're about to have very heated international and foreign policy fights. People will slant the news according to where they are in those fights, aligning along the spectrum. And it's incumbent upon all of us Um, as leaders, as citizens, uh, as people who want to make a difference in the world, to go beyond just the surface level and make sure that we know what's actually being said. By the way, even about people we're not very happy with or don't like. Many of you don't like Trump. I get it. I was disgusted recently by his Twitter fight with john lewis who is a man i respect for civil rights but don't agree with politically definitely trump should not have been hammering him but you know what i'll get up this morning uh, as i did and i'll keep tabs on what uh, trump is doing because he's going to be president of the united states and i want to understand the facts and i'm not going to let my irritation with him uh, keep me from knowing exactly what's going on don't you either let's know what's happening and let's make the difference we can make Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds.